Well, holy shit, guys. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Maybe I should say welcome to the podcast since I haven't recorded anything since September 3rd and it's currently November 22nd. So it has been a long time. Um, in today's episode for my grand return, um, first I want to give you guys like, I don't know, some background on why the hell I stopped recording, um, and where I went, um, because I don't know, I feel like it, you know, whatever you guys might not care, but, um, I'm still going to give it to you. Um, and then I want to talk about basically the rise, I guess, of quote unquote faceless YouTubers, such as uh, Corpse Husband, who will be the primary person I talk about in that segment. Um, and basically what their sudden rise has done for social media and the internet and how it has changed content creation in a way. And also just like the internet's general response, I guess. Um, so I'll put a timestamp in the description. Um, if you guys want to skip over the about me section here at the beginning and just get straight into the corpse husband content, I don't blame you. I probably would do the same thing too. But um, yeah, let's just, let's get into it. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about why the hell I have been gone for so long, why I kind of abandoned the podcast. Um, I'm kind of sad about it, to be honest. Like, I was really excited to do this and then it just, it did not work out, which is kind of a shame for me. Y'all probably, there's probably nobody who listens to this since I haven't posted a single fucking episode. Um, so y'all probably weren't sad, but I was sad about it. But there are two, I think, yeah, I would say two primary reasons why this took place. First of all, probably the biggest reason is I'm a sophomore in college and I just finished my first quarter of my sophomore year, remote school. We love it. Um, and I took five classes this quarter and that like, I'm glad I did so that they're out of the way, but man, oh man, was I so fucking overwhelmed. <laughs> like that shit was exhausting, exhausting. If you are taking online school, especially online college, like you get it, you know, I know you get it, but it was really tiring and it was very overwhelming. And I had a lot of work for my classes. I took, let's go through what I took this quarter. So you, I don't know, you probably don't care, but I don't know. I like talking about it. So first, so I'm a theater major. Let me get that out of the way first. So some of these classes, you're probably going to be like, what the fuck is that? I'm a theater major with a minor in psychology, um, two very different fields, but you know, it works. Gives me something to fall back on. What with, you know, the pandemic ruining the theater industry, but that'll be another episode. Um, but so as a theater major at my school, when you're a freshman, all three quarters, you have to take um, crew, which is basically you work as, you know, like a, like a, like a set hand or like a, um, you work with the costumes or something on a show. You're, you're basically like a backstage person <laughs> for non-theater kids. You're just, you work backstage basically. Um, and that's two credits every quarter. But since the pandemic happened in March, we didn't get an in-person um, third quarter, which meant that we didn't get to do our crew requirement. So basically, we have to take any two-credit class just to sort of 
you know, get that out of the way because they're, you know, crew is like hell for freshmen. Like that's like freshman initiation into the theater world of the school is crew. So they're not going to make you do it after that. So I took a two credit class called Harness Your Strengths. I don't know if that's a thing at other schools. I don't really think it is. Um, but it was actually really fun. It was really chill. The teacher was super dope. Um, if you're listening to this, hey, I loved your class. Um, but yeah, it was really chill. Um, so that one was not a source of my stress. I liked that one. But then I took an online acting class, which was fine. Um, but that was the only class that I consistently actually had to be on Zoom for. And let me tell you, that was so disruptive when all of my other classes were asynchronous. Um, because it was just a big old hour and a half long chunk in the middle of my damn day where I had to stop whatever my like classwork grind was of the morning and go sit in this class that then ended at 2.30 and I basically, I would work from nine to four every day on school stuff. But then that last hour and a half, I didn't want to do anything because I just sat there letting my brain rot away in a Zoom class, which was not fun. That'll also be a podcast episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that class was fine. We did scene work, like I liked it, but you know, it was just It was not the most time consuming, but it definitely made me feel like my brain was a rotting pile of mush. Um, And then I took a human sexuality class, which was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed that class a lot. Um, There was a good amount of work for it and it was on a different like submission schedule than all the rest of my classes. So every other class I took this quarter started on Monday and ended on Sunday, basically. So you would start the new week on Monday and everything would be due on... um, like everything would be due Friday or Sunday, basically. Um, like we would have discussion boards that you would have to post your original thing by Friday most of the time. And then you would have to respond to somebody by Sunday, something like that. But basically it was always the week ended on Sunday and then started again on Monday. Um, but for this class, the week started on Wednesday and ended on Tuesday. So it was really weird because I would be wanting to plan out my week And I would want to plan the work for that class. And I wouldn't have any of it yet. It was super strange. Um, But like, it was fine. It was annoying that the schedule was different because that always just fucked with with me trying to like get my stuff organized for the week over the weekend. You know, I'd go into Monday being like, well, I, uh, I got my plan for four classes, but this other one just fucking floating around in the abyss. Like it was kind of annoying, (laughs) but you know, it was fine. The teacher was chill. So whatever. And then we come to the two classes that I like almost regret taking. So we have to take a sophomore seminar. So I decided I wanted to get that out of the way this quarter because I could do it asynchronously, you know, just get it over with. So I picked one called Environmental Worldviews, which had a global learning component is what they call it at my school, where we basically partner up with two universities, one in Spain and one in Brazil. And we have Zoom meetings with um, students at those schools and talk about basically like environmental stuff. Like the concept was dope, but there were a lot of problems, primarily being that in both of those countries, um at least the schools we were partnered with, most of them didn't start until far later into the year than we did. Like we started in August and both of them didn't start until October. So we would have to ask them questions about things they hadn't learned yet. And it was just the vibe, the vibe was never correct. And there was so much work for that class. Oh, there was so much work for that class. 
so much. <laughs> and my probably least favorite thing about it was that most of what we had to write, like any writing assignments, we always, um, most of them were talking about our perspectives on things or what did we think about it, talking about ourselves basically in relation to the work, but we weren't allowed to write in the first person. And that was just a big fucking pet peeve of mine. Also, this teacher was terrible at like explaining things fully. She would just give us an assignment with no instructions and it really was not fun. And then I took a witchcraft class, which was cool. But oh my God, there was so much work. And I don't understand what was up with like the grading in that class. I switched it to pass fail just because I simply could not even like, I don't even want to know what I got. You know what I mean? But I am a person who prides myself on being incredibly good at writing papers. That has always been my thing. Like I will churn out a 15 page essay in six hours and I will get, you know, a 99 on it. Like that's, that's just what I do. They're never a hundred percent perfect, but they're so good. <laughs> that's, it's like, it's a good point of pride for me. Right. Um, that did not happen in this class. I could not for the life of me get above an 80 on an original draft of a paper. After I revised it and got notes, I always could. But even when I would apply those notes to the next paper, I still couldn't get above an 80 the first time. And I don't know if that's just how that teacher grades or what, but God almighty, I hated that class because of it. It was so fucking annoying. Like I remember in high school, I had to pitch a prompt to get to direct a show my senior year. And I wrote some like shitty little thing and the teacher was like, this is terrible. You can't do that. And I was like, fine, I'll write you a literal essay. And I did. And I rolled up the next day with like a full ass paper explaining everything I would do and all the reasons why I should be the one who gets to direct a show. And I did because he was so mind blown that I took that advice at 4 p.m. on a Tuesday and I went home. And by 7 p.m., I had sent him like a six page paper with detailed instructions of the staging and everything. Like I completely did all of that pretty much pulling it all out of my ass, frankly, um, in a couple of hours. Like that was just what I did. That was, that's my thing. Like that is my thing. I don't like it. I don't like writing papers. I think it's boring. I think it's stupid, but boy, oh boy, having a final paper instead of an actual final exam. Perfect. Perfection. Music to my ears. Um, but not in the witchcraft class. So that's an overview of all my courses that I took this quarter. Um, and basically I was so swamped with work that I did not have time to do anything. Um, I do have a remote job and I could not do it through the quarter, even though I planned to, which I did not like, but it is what it is. Um, and then the other reason is my dog, which I will only talk about this briefly because it still makes me very sad. Um, my dog, we just had to put her down a couple of weeks ago, but she was 15. Um, God, I love her. She was wonderful. Um, but she really couldn't do for herself anymore. So basically she would have to get carried <laughs> pretty much to go outside and do her business. She really couldn't walk on her own anymore. So the minute I finished class, I would go downstairs and switch with my mom who would have been working downstairs all day and take my dog shift and work on whatever homework I could. Um, but basically just care for her in the evenings. And then we slept with our doors open, um, in order to hear in case anything happened with her during the night. 
Um, and I'm a very anxious person when it comes to people listening to me do things, which is like weird, but like I could not record this without um, having my door closed because it would just make me nervous that somebody was like standing down the hall listening to me. Like my parents would not do that. But for some reason, I had the concern that they would. It just made me nervous. So I, um, I didn't record um, while she was here because I always had to have my door open, which was fine. You know, I loved taking care of her. I really did. It was hard and it was heartbreaking, but I, you know, she's like the light of my life. She's my baby. Um, so it was okay. But between that, so I couldn't do it in the evenings and school, so much school during the day that I couldn't do it during the day, the podcast just didn't happen, but we're now on winter break. Um, so, and I can only work 30 hours a week at my job or else they have to give me benefits, which is not going to happen. And that's fine by me because I still make plenty enough money that I'm comfortable not being a full-time employee. But that means that usually if I start working at a decent time on Monday morning, um, then I'm done with my work for the week halfway through Thursday. So that's really incredible because I have a lot of extra time on my hands then. Um, so have no fear. Consistent podcast episodes will come. Um, I have some topics already planned that I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, for now, um, I think it's time to talk about faceless YouTubers. So faceless YouTubers, I guess you could say, um, have been around for a while. They are not a new concept. Um, Anthony Padilla did an interview with three different faceless YouTubers, um, one of whom is Corpse Husband, who I will be going into depth about today, um, but the other two are Swagger Souls and Blackie Speaks. Um, so this new popularity of faceless YouTubers, um, this isn't the beginning of that, you know, like that is, that is a thing that has always existed, but it has always um, at least from what I've encountered, been more of like a niche circumstance, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't know who Swagger Souls was before Anthony Padilla's video. And his content is not necessarily content that I would like. But there are certainly people who do like it, which is why I say it's more niche. More recently, though, what we've seen um, with Corpse Husband and even Dream um, is that Though their content is more specific and maybe not everybody likes it, they are still known by a lot of people. Like, I'm not going to go into Dream in detail today, but I don't, I don't really watch Minecraft videos. And as far as I know, that is the content he makes. But I know exactly who he is. You know, I know I've heard of him before. I know his little logo. Um, he's popular enough that I have interacted with his tweets on Twitter without even following him. People I know are fans of him and that's not normally content they would like, but it's just one of those situations where even if it's not your type of content, like it's it, Minecraft YouTube is not really my genre, I still know who he is because his rise to popularity has been so stark and so fast um, that even if that's not your kind of content, you still know exactly who this person is. And I think a similar situation has taken place with Corpse Husband. Um, if you don't know who Corpse Husband is, you must be living under a rock. So hi, nice to see you. I hope you had fun down there. But it's time to learn 
(laughs) it's time to learn. It's time to welcome yourself back to the internet and get adjusted because you have missed a lot. So Corpse Husband started out, I want to say four or five years ago, doing horror narrations on his channel where a lot of people said it was creepypasta type stories, but what it actually was, was real stories from subscribers that they would send in and he would, you know, read. Um, And those videos were something that I loved early on in high school. I thought they were so cool. I was obsessed. And, um, and I remember he did this video with Bunny, aka Graveyard Girl, who I still adore, but like, oh, just that era of content was incredible. But he read a horror narration over a video of her, and it was like a little outfit of the day video. (laughs) And that sort of thing, that was like, that was, that was the content of the time. That's what he did. And then when I was a senior in high school, I got a new email address because I wanted to feel more grown up because I just turned 18, blah, blah, blah. So I started watching YouTube with that new email address and I was no longer as into the horror stuff. So I didn't resubscribe. And honestly, I kind of forgot about him. But then a couple of months ago, he, um, he did a stream or a video on PewDiePie's channel where he played Among Us. And I think after that video, basically everything changed, right? His YouTube channel took off. His music took off. He makes like emo rap music, which... That might not be everybody's favorite thing, but I love it. I think it's incredible. Um, But like I have friends who don't listen to that kind of music or who maybe really don't care about Among Us or who don't care about horror stories, but they know who he is because his rise to popularity has been so fast and so immense, I guess could be a word, um, that even if you don't really know who the guy is, you still you still heard his name, I guess. You don't know his content, maybe, but you know, you've heard of him, you know of him. Um, which I think is really interesting, because it, it shows, to me at least, kind of a, a shift of sorts in the YouTube space and in content creation in general. So that might sound really strange. Okay, I promise. I know that sounds really weird. How is one random YouTuber getting really famous all of a sudden a shift in how content is created? Um, The thing that stands out to me is in all of the years that I have been on social media and on the internet in general, so much of it is just completely centered around a person's physical existence, right? There's a reason that you know, a lot of the girls who are famous are these like little tiny skinny girls. There's a reason that there's a body positivity movement on YouTube and on social media in general, because that has to be done because it's a different type of space depending on what you look like, which probably will be also its own separate podcast because I have a lot of thoughts to say about that. But in general, Social media and the internet is so focused on a person's physicality that when a creator comes in and is only known and recognized for their personality and their content, it really shakes things up. Even if you think it doesn't or you don't want to accept that it does, it does. It's inevitable that it does because so much of the internet is based around looks. And to have a content creator 
like corpse who comes out and everybody falls in love with his voice and falls in love with his personality and really just appreciates him for him and for his content, not for how he looks. It really just like it throws the whole thing off balance to me um, in a good way. I think it's really good, but there are certainly people who don't. <laughs> the internet has been very mean and it makes me very sad because if you watch his live streams, you can just hear how kind of a person he is and it's really wonderful. Um, there's, I'll link, I'll of course link his channel in the description since I'm going to be talking about him so much. I might as well get him some more subscribers, but he did a live stream a few years back talking about his health issues and anxiety and all of that, which is, it seems a large reason why he's chosen not to do a face reveal, just, um, you know, personal reasons basically, but people still <laughs> incessantly, especially since he's gotten so much more popular in the last few months, they just pressure him for it all of the time. And when he doesn't give a face reveal because he doesn't want to, or he's not comfortable or whatever his reasoning is, he doesn't have to, but people think that they're entitled to it. So when he doesn't, they have to pick other things to get mad at him about because they can't, they can't bully him for how he looks, basically. That's the internet's thing, is they pick a person and they just fucking rip them to shreds on looks. And when that can't happen, they have to find something else to attack. Um, an example of this would be, if you follow him on Twitter, you probably know about this. If not, I'll break it down for you. He one day tweeted out just a blank tweet. Just a blank tweet. And so, of course, fans decided, myself included... Let's just trend hashtag, just hashtag, nothing after it, <laughs> just a hashtag, a blank hashtag to sort of like make a joke out of it. And um, people went fucking ballistic, for lack of better words. He got so much hate for posting a blank tweet. And he later revealed that that was why he did it. He wanted to see if he could get hate just for literally posting nothing, for quite literally not doing anything. And he did, and so much of it. And it fascinates me because those who are a fan of him understand that, like, no, we don't need to pressure him for a face reveal. No, the reason we like him is not because one day he's going to do a face reveal. That's, that isn't part of it, you know? That isn't, it's not about that. People who want the face reveal want a face reveal because they want to fucking pick on somebody who has come into such incredible success that those people know they will never have. Maybe that's too hot of a take, but I'm going to stick with it. Because really, it that's what it feels like, is they're pissed that this guy is famous for what he does best. Because in this age of social media, so much of what gets you famous is how you look. And suddenly, here comes this 23-year-old guy who has no physical online presence and is still ridiculously successful. And I think people don't know how to comprehend it, which is why I say it has sort of shifted the balance or shifted the dynamic of... Um, social media and the internet as a whole. Because what it has shown is, first of all, 
whether you post yourself online or not, if you create content and put it out into the world and get successful, there are always going to be people who have to be little pieces of shit, um, which I think, I think everybody knows. But it has also shown that there is the possibility, truly and really there is the possibility, that you can reach a level of success online for reasons that aren't based around your looks, which to me is really inspiring because I don't know about y'all, but I'm 20 years old and I cannot tell you that I look at myself in the mirror every day and I'm like, wow, so fucking hot. I am so attractive. This is phenomenal. Can't wait to post pictures online and get super famous. Like that's not something I want to do. There's a reason I have a podcast instead of a YouTube channel. It's because I can listen to myself, but I don't want to watch myself talk, right? So to see that there is the possibility for someone to have no physical online existence and just still get that much recognition for their content is incredible to me. And it's different, I feel like, than anything I've seen before. And I don't really know what it is about it that's so mind-blowing to me because to me, I don't follow people because I think they're cute. You know, I'm not like, oh, she's hot. Like, I'll follow her. Oh, he's hot. I'll follow him. Do I like the content you're putting out? Am I entertained? Am I still engaged? If the answer to those things are yes, then sure, I'm happy to be a subscriber or I'm happy to follow you on Instagram. But I think for a lot of people, a lot of it really is looks-based. Um, looks-based. I don't think I said that right. But anyway, <laughs> so it's just... It's just shifted a lot of things, I think. And I find that really fascinating. Um, the other thing that's really frustrating about it is, you know, there's a lot of people who gave that hate to a blank tweet. And it really does point out that people on the internet have this feeling that just because they're behind a screen... They can say whatever they want and whoever they say it to must not be real because they can't see them right there in front of them. And that just isn't true. And it's upsetting as someone who wasn't entirely raised on the internet, but kind of feels like it, you know, like I'm 20, I wasn't completely raised online, but it certainly feels like it because I was able to get on Twitter at like 13 and God almighty, that is a terrible decision. I would really do anything to go back and not have joined Twitter till I was like 16 or 17. Like, I really do think my life would be different, but that, you know, I can't do anything retroactively, but to see that there really are people who just hate because they can, you know, Corpse has never been in a scandal. <laughs> as far as I know, I've never seen a scandal from this man. Corpse has never done something incredibly controversial, but because there's no physical being to hate on, they have to just attack him for him. Meanwhile, you get people like Tana Mojo who are nasty and racist and scam their fans and lie to their fans and just do all of this ridiculous bullshit. But she turns around and posts her titties on Instagram and everybody's like, never mind, you've never done anything wrong. You know? There's something about having the I don't know. I don't really want to call it sex appeal factor on the internet, but I guess you could call it that. That gets people out of shit or gets people into shit. And it depends on who you are and what your content is and what you look like. 
Um, but for a faceless YouTuber, that aspect doesn't exist. So people will attack for no reason. And I know I'm just going on a tangent at this point, but it really bothers me sometimes to go online and see this person who brings me so much joy and so many other people so much joy for their content and their personality and how kind they are and how genuine they are just get fucking blasted just for existing because people don't like their content. You know, it's very disheartening sometimes. And I think it's going to be interesting to see going forward as these YouTubers, you know, like retain this popularity, how things begin to shift in terms of does the focus remain on physicality so much or does it become maybe more normalized for people to have an online presence while still being private about who they actually are, you know, because clearly corpse and dream as well have, have proven that that is possible but I think social media and people are still so I don't even know what the word is like you're so trained to expect that you're going to log on to social media you're going to log on to twitter and you're going to want to like people's tweets and you want to tweet something that's funny so you get a lot of engagement and then you want to go on instagram and you want to post cute pictures that you've probably edited the hell out of because you don't actually like the way you look and you think that social media is real life and so you have to live up to some stupid standard just to get interactions and to see those numbers roll in and then you're going to go on snapchat if you still use snapchat i do just because I'm too lazy to type and I like sending videos instead. But you're going to go on a Snapchat and you're going to see how many Snapchat friends do I have? How many views do my stories get? You know, same thing on Instagram. You're going to want to see how many views your stories get. Facebook, you're probably just going to go to bash your racist relatives. But, you know, more power to you for that one. But Twitter and Instagram especially is all about numbers. And it's all about how hot can I look? to make it look like my life is so much better than everyone else's. But when that element is taken away, how do you function on social media? Like if Instagram didn't exist, if stories didn't exist, if all you could do was write tweets and record voice memos, if that was it, if you couldn't take pictures of yourself and post them on the internet for validation, what would you do? You know, would you be okay with that? If you couldn't see how many people liked your tweets or how many people liked your Instagram pictures or how many people viewed your stories or now that Twitter has fleets, which is so stupid, by the way, how many people watched your fleet? What what would that be like? And I think that's something we're going to start to see more of now that Corpse has really sort of shown that it is possible, though it does not come without struggles, but it is possible to not have your entire existence plastered all over the internet and still be able to succeed at what you want to do. So that's faceless YouTubers. <laughs> that's Corpse Husband. I think that's it for this episode. So if you enjoyed, thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Rate the podcast. Write a review. It really does help. And I love you all. And I hope you have a wonderful fucking day or night. Take care of yourselves. Drink some water. Make sure you eat your food. Um, if you take medicine, make sure you take your meds. Check on your friends. Don't isolate yourself. I know it's really hard when we all have to be, you know, locked down. But just prioritize yourself because it is really important. 
So make sure you do that. It'll make me very happy. Um, yeah, that's all. Thank you for listening. If you got this far, I think you're dope. <laughs> um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.